This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome to Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Michael. <laughs> and we are in person here as we are doing our first podcast in person since February. This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. We talk high proof, high heat. Bourbon and baseball, two of America's greatest things. We've got some great bourbon to talk about. We've got a lot of good baseball to talk about. We're going to the Cubs game tonight, Michael. Let's go! First time in the bleachers. Yeah, back-to-back games. We're going Thursday night, Friday night, uh, Friday afternoon, excuse me. Cubs and the Diamondbacks. Afternoon baseball. If you're listening to this, maybe Friday morning and you're going to be in the area, come check us out. We're going to be in the left field bleachers, probably row six, seven, eight. Just look for Bleacher Jeff, guy with long hair. The hat. He's probably drunk sitting right next to the billboard and the uh, the video board right there in the well at Wrigley Field. But without further ado, episode 41. First, I didn't even get to ask you, how are you? Welcome in. Welcome to Chicago. I'm yeah, it's cold. It's cold. It is colder here. Uh, I just wear pants in September. <laughs> Who does that? Well, it was like 95 here on Monday, I think. Well, wasn't there just a recently a cold front that just came through <laughs> with a recent wave of storms? Yeah, that was Isn't yesterday. that right? Yeah, it was yesterday. And yes. now we got northwest wind that's going to continue to drive down cooler and drier air. What that means is we're going to feel a little bit more like fall. But as this is Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon Baseball Podcast, not whiskey weather, we get that. I could start my own whiskey weather podcast. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end, Michael. That's the end. Um, so, episode 41. We always start with who is the best number 41. Before we get to that, uh, we're not the best 41, but who is the best number for the episode that we are on. This is episode 41. Before we get there, this episode brought to you by Whiskey Towers. Go check those out. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the video, but it is basically, as you like to call it, a beer tap for whiskey. A beer tap for whiskey. Great for your everyday everyday pours, your everyday rated bourbon from BMB. Yes, so go check those guys out, whiskeytowers.com. Use promo code, all capital, WHISKEYWEATHER, and that'll get you 10% off your order. Again, whiskeytowers.com, promo code, WHISKEYWEATHER. So without further ado, episode 41, Michael Burns, we are here, and I don't think that this is going to be much of a debate. Who is the best 41 ever? In Major League Baseball history. You're acting like I did some research without a laptop in front of me. I can't Google it now. I have my phone. But um, luckily, we thought I thought about this as you printed the agenda here for me. Yes, you've got a paper agenda here, folks. I, I made sure you I, I started doing the paper agenda, so I have my notes. Because my computer has some kind of virus on yeah. it that bogs down the memory. Um, but uh, Randy Johnson popped up as 41. For what, a year? Yadier Molina popped up for two years. John Lackey. But... The one and only uh, Tom Seaver is the yeah. guy who's crushing it. So Tom Seaver, uh, Eddie Matthews, and Daryl Evans would probably be the three in consideration. They have the most years and war within the uniform of 41. Now, there's been a lot of people who wore it for more than 10 years, but uh, you mentioned John Lackey, other names. But Tom Seaver, 20 years, 109.9 war. Eddie Matthews, 15 years, 96 war. Daryl Evans, 13 years, 58.7 war. Clearly Tom Seaver. Just, it, we're going to make it quick. We normally take a little longer on these, but it's a slam dunk. There's Tom no Seaver. real. Yeah, Tom Seaver. Three-time Cy Young. He's a Hall of Famer. 12-time All-Star. But get this, 311 and 205. 286 ERA. 
One safe. <laughs> One safe. <laughs> they put him in at the end of the game for some reason. Uh, 3,640 strikeouts, 4,783 innings. And with his 109.9 war, that is 22nd all-time. Not just amongst pitchers. We're talking hitters, pitchers, feelers, all-time. Say that one more time. His what? War. Oh. 109.9 war. F war. So that may be a little bit. the second most war of any player at all time. A B war. Yeah, so B war is 22nd. 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 I thought you said second. I was like. 22nd, yes. I believe Barry Bonds is the most war. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. But that's a conversation for a different day. Well, welcome into Barrels and Barrels. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on YouTube. Two different spots now. We are on Barrels and Barrels Pod. That's more of a baseball-centric YouTube channel, and now we also have BNB Bourbon, which you can find all of our whiskey, re- all of our whiskey reviews, all of our whiskey hunts, bourbon hunts. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Maybe uh, I don't know. We might be happy. That could about be entertaining. That. that could be entertaining. Going bourbon hunt. We already did kind of a couple of them earlier this morning. But you can also find anything bourbon related is going to be on that YouTube channel. Again, find that YouTube.com at BNB Bourbon. We're on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, all under the same handle. At B, uh, Barrels and Barrels Pod, and then on X, X, <laughs> X for Extreme, uh, Barrels and Barrels. You can email us, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. If you want to buy some of these glasses that we're going to be drinking out of today, the shirt that Michael's wearing, or the hat, the shirt you can find at our friend charliemikeneverweekend.com. These hats and these glasses you can find in our link tree um, and our Instagram bio or our Facebook bio. You can find us there as well. And you're probably listening on Spotify, Apple, maybe iHeart, Google, or Amazon podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review us. Rate us. We've got 20 out of 20 five-star ratings and 14 out of 14 five-star ratings on Apple as well as Spotify, uh, respectively. But leave us a review. We review our whiskeys. We give us our notes and thoughts. And we'd like to hear your thoughts and reviews about what you think about our, our podcast. If you think that the way Michael swirls his glass <laughs> is trash or that Brandon does great note-taking here during, during the podcast, because you can see that on YouTube. Yeah. If you watch it on video, uh, we, we, we will, even if you trash us, we'll be entertained by it. So. Yeah, we got some great stuff. I'm going to give Doug another shout-out. Shout out. Uh, this is his third one. He's going to be thrilled. But he, he just said that our audio quality continues to get better and better. Hopefully that this is the I'm same. I'm so happy. <laughs> As Michael just deep-throated the mic. Um, now we got to make it an explicit podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Send us a message, whether that's on Instagram, one of those social media things. We'll see it. We'll try to get back to you. We're trying to be as good about that as we can. Uh, so go check us out there. And, again, last Lastly, check out Charlie Mike Never Weekend. If you want a t-shirt, $25 out the door. These glasses, these are 15 for the uh, Glencairns. We've got Wisdoms. I think we only have two or three Wisdoms yeah. left. Um, I put those away already. But uh, those are 30 bucks, and we've got two with glasses, which are really cool. I believe those are 20 bucks. And then the hats, 35 bucks. We've got a few of those left as well. So get them while you can. So we're going to jump right into the bourbon. This is going to be... From 13, a cool bottle. A cool bottle. It looks like that. birthday bourbon. It definitely. almost does. It almost does, doesn't it? This is 13th Colony Distillery. Uh, it comes from, it's a heavy bottle, too. Yeah, I almost you just almost dropped it there. Feel that. Feel, it's like a, it's, it, it's got some girth it's a to puck. it. Oh, it's. Oh, you would. You. <laughs> it, you know what it kind of, it's like a big one of those air hockey. <laughs> uh, air hockey pucks. Yeah, air, no, air hockey handles. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so 13th Colony Distillery, this is Southern Bourbon Whiskey coming from Georgia. Um, oh, Georgia. Yeah, so this comes from Americus, mm-hmm. Georgia. Uh, this was sent to us. It's four to six years old, out of Georgia. So think about how old this will probably taste. Because what, what do they say it's multiplied by? Three to four, sometimes five years per year. So four to six years. You're talking 20 to 30 years. I don't think it's probably going to taste like that, but... Well, they say this, you know, there's that sweet spot. You know, yeah, once yeah, you yeah. get over so many years, it just starts tasting. But so this is a four to six year old bourbon. This was sent to us from 13th County in 2009. 13th County Distilleries opened, and that made them the oldest active distillery in Georgia since Prohibition. Georgia. Georgia. I just got that, but then it's a ludicrous remix. Oh, we're on two different pages then. (laughs) Uh, It's the only Georgia bourbon to be distributed in the state of Kentucky because starting in September, which we're in now, they are now available in Kentucky. And so it's the only Georgia distilled uh, whiskey allowed, or not allowed, but currently distributed in Kentucky. So go check that out. This bourbon itself is double gold. Double gold from the Sips Awards as well as the San Francisco Awards. And the best part is the price on this forty four ninety nine. What? Yes. So they've got For a rye craft bourbon. We've That's got, cheap. We've got a rye here. We'll do a, a separate review at some point. And then they also have what I've heard is one of the better double oaked out there. And we're Ooh. supposed to be getting some here uh, down the pike. So. Again, a big shout out to 13th Mountain, or not 13th Mountain, 13th <laughs> Colony um, Distillery. Excuse me, it's 13th Colony. So, again, big shout out to 13th Colony Distillery for their Southern Bourbon Whiskey. Let's see if we can get a good pop. It's in there tight. Oh, that's a pretty good pop. That's good. I refrain from saying anything else during that whole <laughs> moment there. You like it tight, though, Michael, don't you? <laughs> It's a weird one to pour. It's hard to like. How do you actually? How do you supposed to hold it? Yeah, four fingers almost over here. Well, I'm the one driving to the game. You don't have to worry about that. That's true, but uh, I want some I'm, old style in the bleachers. I'm Michael's um, chauffeur. chauffeur. So, uh, seventy-one twenty-nine. So seventy-one percent corn, twenty percent rye, nine percent malted barley. Comes in at ninety-four proof, uh, ninety-five proof, and as I mentioned, four to six years. Right off the bat. It's got more of a classic bourbon nose. Think so? I'm yeah. still swirling. I get my whole envelope. It's a little citrusy to me. Probably yeah, a little more citrusy than the general bourbon. But like, if you were leaning on a scale, I'd say this is more of a citrusy bourbon than your general bourbon. But it's got a classicy, like Pe- peanuts. A little bit of peanut. Uh, I get some caramel. Some. I was just seeing if the family <laughs> rolled up. Uh, a little bit of peanuts. I get some oak. For sure. Uh, Definitely the first two notes I get is citrus and peanuts. Yeah, a little cinnamon maybe. On the back end there maybe a bit? Yeah. I just got my nose deep in there. So you see how moist it is? <laughs> I got a moist <laughs> you nose. You poke it? Yeah. Uh, definitely got that deep in there. Right nostril, left nostril? You still do that? Yeah. Not as much? Right nostril's hot. Didn't man. someone debunk that from you? Yeah, it was basement rink house. <laughs> <laughs> he may know a thing or two about nosing whiskey, so... You're like, all right, I'll stop. Well, yeah. I have used his... So if you ever get, like... So for those of you who are new to this, I learned this from him, and I've been drinking whiskey for six, seven years. You use bourbon as a perfume? Yeah. yeah. No, so, like, if for some reason you get stagnant and you can't figure it out, just pull away, take a a sniff of your arm, 
Oh, your arm, you, not armpit. No, not your armpit. Your, your arm is going to reset the palate of your nose, like reset your nasal passage and go back in there. Yeah, instantly citrus to me. Yeah. Like a caramel, like, it's going to sound weird. Have you ever had one of those, I think they're pretty popular in England. It's a, a chocolate orange. Oh, yeah. You, yeah and you uh, smash, smash it, it and it comes out and it looks That's like. That's so funny you say that. We used to get those from my cousin. That's what this reminds me of. Christmas gifts. Yeah. And we never liked them, but we yeah. got them every stinking oh, year. Oh, I loved them. because I, oh, I love them now. Yeah. As a kid, it was like, this is disgusting. We always, like, we'd open up our like gift bag for them. Yeah. And like, did we really just get these again? It was always that and iTunes cards. We didn't have I, I, Apple. Oh, I, I, I had a ton of iTunes cards. I probably still have some that haven't been used yet. Um, that's I what mean, I get on the nose. That's I can the, go that's the thing orange. that, no, like, I chocolate orange on that the sounds, nose. That Family sounds great right now. So <laughs> expect some chaos. I've got a four-year-old now. She just turned four yesterday coming through. So that's when I get on the nose right away. You just pulled for the first mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your first thoughts as you... Get a little swig. Definitely a, a classic bourbon here. Um, it's good. Uh, a little syrupy, but I do enjoy it. Um, this compares to uh, maybe a little thicker than a Jepson's. Mm-hmm. We always jump back to the Jepson's because it's a classic pour. It's got a 20% rye. I feel the rye more on this than I think I did on one of our previous podcasts with the Still Austin rye. Mm-hmm. Um, or that's not previous. That's going to be coming out here soon. We just did a review on that. Uh, <laughs> we recorded it at some point. I get the oak, like some cherry and some citrus. I agree. 95, so, but this to me feels more like 90, 92. Mm-hmm. But there's a tingle on the backside. Like it's syrupy. I get a lot of oak. There's quite a bit of oak in this the citrus is what hangs around a lot yeah which i think thins it out i don't think you want that citrus at the end because then it mm-hmm. gets a little bit oily the citrus is oily i yeah. don't know that you can have it's a thick a, citrus acidic in a way yes yeah again it's acidic oil um but otherwise i do get oak out of out of it the up front um maybe that that uh no what what is up front let me i get another pour here caramel for me like a candy like a werther's original and i think that's where you get the uh the classic bourbon and then it tells more of a i'd say tropical this is sort of tropical with georgia being a higher humidity region like the beaches of uh, georgia doesn't really have any beaches outside of southeastern georgia near savannah but i think more so gulf beaches but I would think Caribbean poor in a way. Does like, it get grainy at all for you towards no, the I, end? Mm, towards the Peanut, end? Maybe peanutty? Peanutty. I had that a little earlier towards the back end. Uh, like a citrusy peanut in a way. But overall, pretty good. Um, and how old is this? Four to six years. So it's a blend. Uh, it's won multiple double golds again from SIP Awards and San Francisco World Competition. $44.99. Uh, with a mash of seventy-one twenty-nine, almost kind of reminds me a little bit of Jim Beam. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's like a Jim Beam. So I just did Jim Beam did the whole. Yeah, I would say this is like in between like a Basil Hayden and a Knob Creek one hundred proof, right? Like the regular Knob Creek nine, I think is ninety proof, isn't it? Knob Creek nine. I don't think it's, I think it's ninety-four. Is it ninety-four? Mm-hmm. Well, either way. Um, 
95 proof is not bad. Uh, I, I would love to taste what this would be at 100 to 110. Yes, I think that the sweetness then would explode right. a little bit more. I think you're getting a little more water with the, the proofing it down a little bit. Uh, their double oak comes out at 133. <laughs> so 133? Yeah, so when we get the double oaked, I'm going to be really interested to see where we get with that. But on our podcast rating scale, Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball podcast rating scale, which goes from Hall of Fame, top of the top, that is the best you can get. Second is all-star. Third is everyday player, just like an everyday player in your lineup. Bench player is fourth, and a bench player is one of those who comes in clutch. You don't drink it all the time. It may be something you go to every once in a while, but it's not going to be a staple every week. But maybe once every other week, once a month, something along those lines. Or then designate for assignment. See ya. Get out of here. I'm going to pour you down the drain. Oh, oh. Yeah. And the, and that's just something you don't want to recommend. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't want to have someone else... Spend their money necessarily on something. You know, hey, you recommended this. I don't. I don't enjoy it. That's yeah. that's what we get with our DFAs. Is why we DFA something. Um, this guy up front, he's 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 really good up front. I feel like the tail end for me gets grainy slash peanutty, or maybe it's that citrus that thins it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I love the the first sip. The first sip is sweet. It rolls a little bit, gets oaky, and then the it, the finish for me is what's knocking this down a level. Okay. And it's knocking it down from an everyday player to a bench. So we always usually talk about what makes it an everyday player. Yeah. The finish for me. If the finish didn't grain out for me, and I think if it proofed up a little bit, it wouldn't. I think it would it would keep that sweetness yeah. around. So you're looking for higher proof, and you think that probably not not trying to snob it out here, right. but. The finish is what's knocking it down for me. I think the proof would help. If someone getting into bourbon, this is a great starter. I think that if you're looking for something that's not going to be harsh off the bat, I think if you're looking for something that is going to be um, welcoming, this is what you want to grab. Uh, and for forty four ninety nine, it's not bad at all. It's a fantastic. No, it's drink. a great price. Um, you get a lot of four to six year old whiskeys nowadays that have been aged. Uh, overseas, right? We're talking Jefferson. That's $90, 80 bucks. Right. I'm not trying to compare these to that, but uh, even a six-year-old whiskey, Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond, is around 50 to 55 and that's Bottle and Bond 100 proof. I think you're getting a good price here if you can find this. Now, again, this is just available in Kentucky. I think you can get these on Sealbox as well. Uh, for forty four ninety nine only in Kentucky, not even in Georgia. No, it's available, in, okay. but it, they just opened like they just started distributing to Kentucky. Yeah, so this sure. is brand new to Kentucky, but they're in Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, and one other state, I believe. But I think Sealbox will ship to most locations. Um, but as we go on, I'm gonna also go with Bench. And again, Bench is not a knock. No, uh, it, has its place. it has its place. It's got a place on your team. If you made it into the majors as a bench player, you're pretty damn good you're baseball player. You're still happy. And this isn't one that I'm going to go to all the time, but when I want to mix things up, when I have a friend over who may be looking into getting into bourbon or maybe wants to try something different, this right. is different. It's not different enough that it's going to drive you away, but it's not amazing, right? I'm not going to say it's. The best whiskey I've ever tried. But I'd love to see what a higher proof of this tastes like. Because I think that that would be... 
yeah. the cat's meow. Again, taking taking another sip and letting it chew a little bit. The beginning, I'm like, dang, this is really good. And then just tail, tails out a little bit for me. It's not terrible or anything. No, I could sip on this. This is an all-day sipper kind of thing, right? Like, it's a lower proof, so you're not, not going to be knocked on your ass, like, after two or three. It's going to take a little bit. But right. uh, it's good. Um, and again, thank you to 13th Colony for sending this over to Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast. Cheers to them. Cheers to you, Michael. We haven't That's done good, that in baby. person yet. Uh, happy to have you in person. Happy to have you in Chicago. And I'm happy. We're going to go to our first Cubs game together um, since we started the podcast. Oh, together overall, but still. Right. Um, yeah, I'm excited. So head on over. Go check them out. They're on Sealbox. I would say that this is a gift for your money, too. You could spend. $45 on other things that are not as good as this. And even if you put this on your shelf backwards, someone might think you have birthday bourbon on your shelf. Put it up high, put it backwards, and it's like, this dude's got birthday bourbon. Because <laughs> it looks it looks like, I think it's a little fatter. It is. As it's wide. not as round. Uh, I wouldn't know. I've never seen birthday bourbon in I've person. I've only seen the pictures of it. Yep, we uh, lost on that. It is allocation season. Got a new bottle. Allocation season-wise, the ream is seven. We did the six last year. I think we both enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, for the bomb things about the five, haven't had that. But we're going to have that down the road. Uh, but, yeah, allocation season here in full force. We're in Bourbon Heritage Month now. It is September. It's a different year for you. It's a different year for me, yes. I'm not going to drink bourbon every day in the month of September. Your liver thanks you. No, my liver, liver thanks me. Thanks but you. I still might try the old abbreviated Sober October thing after this month still. We, we need to come up with something, you know, uh, health-wise to get, engage with the <laughs> listeners a little bit maybe. <laughs> Yeah, someone, uh, someone on the plane was reading the 70, uh, 75 hard. Oh, 75 hard. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I mean, 75 days without alcohol. I mean, like scratching. I'm not an alcoholic. Just put it out there. Step one is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then if I am, you are too. Um, real quick, you're wearing our t-shirt. I'm wearing a cup short, cup shorts, cup shirt earlier. <laughs> Yesterday, I sent you a Snapchat. <laughs> what did you say to me as a response? Which Snapchat? You, we have a 500-something-day Snapchat. <laughs> I, I sent my outfit, and you thought I was going to send you something else. Oh, you were looking down at your shorts, and the way you pulled your shorts up, I thought you were showing me your underwear was Cubs as well. So there's a story of that. <laughs> um, I had a pair of Cubs boxers. Had. Had, but they got ruined on my bachelor party. And you probably are thinking something different. You, you shot yourself. That's what you would think, right? Right. You're ruined. Uh, I've been to a strip club twice in my life. Two of the most unenjoyable experiences of my life. <laughs> Both the one in New Orleans with college people and then my bachelor party back in 2016. And I guess if you tell the strippers that it's a guy's bachelor party or birthday, they want to make a scene, right? Pull me on stage and rip my underwear over my head. From while you're wearing it. Like while you're like wearing it. Like a wedgie? It, like a wedgie to the point where it rips. And my best boxers. They were my Cubs boxers. Oh, that's painful. Yeah, and then what happens is they climb 25 feet to the ceiling on the pole. And my nether regions was next to the pole. And they fell 25 feet down the pole. No boxers. And, uh, yeah, there was oh. no more cushion. Yeah, it's... 
It was an unenjoyable experience. So again, that sounds terrible. It was awful. It, it was extremely. Hey, awful. you're about to get married. Let's rip your underwear up your butt crack. Yep. So I no longer have Cubs boxers, and they were really cool Cubs boxers. <laughs> that was the only thing yesterday that I was wearing that was not Cubs. But uh, we are going to a Cubs game. We'll talk a little bit more about the Cubs here in a second. Again, this was our bourbon review of 13th Colony Distillery, uh, a bourbon um, out of Georgia. So, again, that's where you get the 13th Colony name. $44.99, $71.29, and then uh, 95 proof. Uh, we both rated it. I went with we the bench, bench, and you went with the bench as well. I almost forgot what I, what I wrote. <laughs> like, did I every day play this? What did I do for that? But check this out on YouTube. That is at... BNB Burns. <laughs> no, BNB Bourbon is where you can find us on YouTube. I was confused over something. Like, you talking about me? <laughs> you are at BNB underscore Burns on Instagram. I am whiskey underscore weather. But uh, you can find our YouTube page strictly for bourbon. That is at BNB Bourbon. So go check us out there. Again, this is brought to you by Whiskey Towers. WhiskeyTowers.com. Use promo code WhiskeyWeather. And then we're jumping right into baseball. Not going to go with the trivia question tonight. Uh, just to make it a little faster, but I do want to also p- point out uh, today you're going to get to use the Memento app for the first time, Michael, which is going to be cool. Oh, for those yeah. of you who haven't downloaded it yet, go check out the Memento app. That is Memento Live Sports Scrapbook, and then use the code Bourbon Baseball, all lowercase. What that's going to do is it's going to give you basically your own scrapbook or passport of um, of games that you've been to. You've got, you're going to have to enter the game date, etc., but like this one for me from 1998, I went to the Cubs Giants uh, wild card game when Rod Beck and the with, Cubs with went the in 19, Yeah, 1998 playoffs. That was game 163 to beat the Giants in 1998. So go check those guys out again. Bourbon baseball. What this is, if you've ever been to a sporting game, if you've kept the ticket stubs, right, and you want to know maybe the record, I know the Cubs this year are six and four in games that I've gone to. That the Reds are, I believe, like five and five in games that I've gone to. Down the road, it'll be able to tell you Cody Bellinger is 16 for 36 in games that I've been to, or any statistic that you want, you'll be able to look that up. You can find the best performances that you've ever seen. I know I've seen Jake Arrieta throw a nine inning shutout versus the Twins. It's going to be able to tell you Jake Arrieta's statistics or. I know if you're bad luck for a team or not. Right, like I've seen, I've seen the Pirates play 18 times and they always seem to win. Oh my God, they're 16 and two. Um, whatever it is. Hi, Aubrey. My daughter's in the background looking at us. <laughs> uh, but as we go ahead, uh, go check those guys out. Momento, Momento Live Sports Scrapbook. Use promo code Bourbon Baseball all lowercase. So baseball, we had an incredible series. That was our series of the weekend this weekend. Uh, the Dodgers and the Braves. Dodgers and Braves, and it didn't turn out how we thought it would. No, we thought it was going to be more of a, uh, a slugfest between the two teams. The Braves kind of... Big brother. <laughs> I was going to say showed who the daddy is, but I think that's a later a later series that we'll talk about. But the Braves won game one, uh, 8-7. to seven. So that was a good game. And then on Friday, uh, that game, I think it was a lower scoring game. Was that the Acuna? No, Acuna in center. The Grand Slam. The Grand Slam. That was that game two. That was the same day. No, that was Saturday. That was Saturday. That because, was Saturday. Because he got married that morning. He got married on Thursday morning, and then hit the home run for a grand. No, so it was Thursday he hit the grand slam, and that was the day he got married and also made it to thirty sixty. So he's the yes. first ever player to have thirty home runs, sixty stolen bases in a season. 
has never been done before. And uh, can't you see out there? I, I didn't see her. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> uh, she just made an appearance on YouTube. Uh, but the Braves also won on Friday, six to three. Uh, really, it was six nothing the entire game. And we'll get to the losing pitcher in that. But Max Fried shoved that entire game. What you know, you should, teams should look at the idea of delaying pitchers. Because Max Fried's been the IL for how many months? Roger Clemens did it a few years. Yeah. Or two years, I want to say. To where you start the season a little late, so yes. you're, you're not dead by the end of the season. Right. Roger Clemens came, I think, at least one year, maybe two, where he came and started pitching in June. I mean, Max, so Max Fried's been on the IL for, for a few months. Um, I think he was on for 90 days. And just came back and shoving. I mean, against the Dodgers just recently, he shoved. <laughs> yeah, we got to be oh, quiet. I can't see her. I can't see her. <laughs> she was behind us. Um, but so they won six to three on Friday, and then Saturday uh, the Braves got the W. Was Saturday the day that Acuna hit the ball 121.2 miles I per hour? I think so. Yeah. Where it was a three zero count. Usually that's the type of thing that hey, you're just gonna take a pitch unless it's your meatball, and I think it was his meatball. But it was on the outside corner, painted on the black. It wasn't like it was right over the plate. No. Go rewatch the pitch. It was literally on the black on the outside edge, and he took it 121.2 miles per hour. It was 454 feet. The launch angle was 19 degrees. So it was a straight line drive. It was pummeled. Uh, but that series, it kind of showed you who the best team in baseball was. Right? Yeah, there was the, the Dodgers, the way they had played since the start of July and the All-Star break, they had the best record at the time, but after that series, the Braves are like, yeah. The, the Braves just don't, don't give pitchers breaks. breaks. If, mm. you're a star, if you're a pitcher on the mound pitching against the Braves, you don't have a break where you're like, hey, you know what? I don't have to throw max effort for this guy. Yeah. The Braves, one through seven at least, even maybe even the whole lineup. Olin RC. Well, even Nicky Lopez, right? He's been playing second base at times, yeah. spelling Ozzy. Um, he comes in and he goes four for five. He plays great defense. So it's like anybody who seemingly comes in isn't even a break when somebody gets a rest. Travis Darno, who's the backup catcher to Sean Murphy, has like 10 plus home runs this yes. year. Yes. Yeah. So the, the Braves are, this was a, that was a great weekend for them because the Dodgers were starting to creep up on them for the for first seed overall in NL. Mm-hmm. And by winning 3 to 1 there, the Braves can now start to rest guys through September and not play for it all. And that could help the Cubs because the Cubs play the Braves in the final week of the season. So depending on what the Braves are trying to do, the thing is I I don't know if teams are going to be as apt to rest players as they used to be because now first and second seed get the bye right. with the playoffs. Now, it really matters besides just home field. Right. So they don't necessarily need to worry about, oh, well, I need to make sure that Max is on this day because that means he'd start game one. Because really, you can reset your rotation at the end of the season no matter what. Right. Uh, and if so, you don't you just don't play the last weekend with your normal starters. But uh, but the bye hasn't proven to be anything. anything. Right. Last year it wasn't. Right. Last year it wasn't. That last year was the first year with the kind of new rules, right? Uh, well, neither bye team made it past their first round. Uh, there's two bye teams in each league. So it right now looks like it's going to be the Braves and the Dodgers, and then it's going to be the Astros and the uh, Baltimore the Baltimore Orioles. Orioles at this point. But that's that's likely to change. We've got three weeks of baseball left to play. Only three weeks of baseball. <laughs> 
Kind of sad. Kind yes. of sad. Uh, the other series, so that was the weekend series. That was the series to look at. The series to open up this week, which I thought was going to be a much better series than it ended up being. And it's it's Astros Rangers, and the Rangers are just doing what they've been doing all August, and that's been sucking. Yeah, so the Astros and the Rangers coming to play in Texas. There was some heat the last time they played. Remember, the benches cleared with Marcus Simeon, mm-hmm. and I think it was Framber who hit Simeon the last time in Houston. Uh, the Astros kind of said, who's your daddy yes. uh, this week? They didn't just beat Texas. They destroyed them. 39-10, to 10, they outscored them. 39 runs in three games to 10, and Texas had a 3-0 lead in game one and lost. Texas, their MO in the beginning of the year was their offense. Mm-hmm. And then they traded for Jordan Montgomery and Max Serger, so that was supposed to bolster that rotation, and neither one of them are playing out right now. The mm-hmm. Rangers are looking lost. They're so lost that their they're, they're report came out this morning that they're talking about bringing up Evan Carter. I think it's Evan Carter. Oh, that's because uh, Adelise got hurt in... Or Odolis, I think, is what I hear that their announcers. He went to jump for a ball and hurt his knee. Yeah, yeah. so that's a big hit. Uh, that'll be a huge hit, uh, especially because he was—he's one of the ten best players in the league this year. I think RBI wise, he's towards the top. Uh, he had a slump there for a couple of weeks, but he had a huge home run to walk it off against, I think, the Twins this past weekend. But you had Scherzer get beat up yesterday. They lost twelve to three. So the Astros win thirteen to six. 14-1, 12-3 in three games. That is not just beating you. That is bludgeoning you. Yeah, that's that might have been the nail. could be the nail in the coffin for the Rangers. As That's just a clubhouse killer. That not only oh, did, they, sure. did they lose in the standings. Was that a straight sweep? Straight sweep, three-game oh. sweep. You get, you get beat 13-6, 14-1, 12-3. In game two, your ace from earlier in the season, Nathan Evaldi, comes back and gets shelled in the first three innings. Oh. The Astros were up nine to nothing by the top of the third. Jose Altuve hits a home run in every inning to start the first three innings. So he had a home run in the first, the second, and the third. All from Aldi? I don't think they were off all okay. I think Evaldi was out by that point. But he had three home runs before the Texas Rangers seven, eight, or nine hitters Even. had an at bat. Oh, that's that's just the, the clubhouse has to be panicking. Oh, for like, sure. The front office is obviously panicking. If Evan Carter is about to come up, yeah. Uh, so the Astros and the Rangers were tied coming into the series. It's a three-game. I jumped right right past you. So that hurts. Uh, the Astros coming into today. Today's Thursday. They are eighty and one, uh, eighty and sixty-one. Texas is seventy-six and sixty-three, and Seattle is seventy-eight and sixty-one. They are one game back in the AL West. Uh, not only in that Rangers series did Altuve hit three home runs in three innings to start the game, he had four straight innings with home runs because in the end of game one, he hit a bomb. And I think he hit five home runs in two games in that series. He's just... He hit two in the first game? He had two in the first game. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... Test him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see. Any, some, I saw someone on Twitter saying, everybody except... Uh, except that one guy cheated. <laughs> so they go, so, that one guy. For the Astros, there, there's a new way of testing. Not only testing your, your urine, but now he's going go through a metal detector before he walks into the, out of the field. So the Astros, we called it a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it. We thought that they were going to have the easier path and that they had the experience. And right now they're showing 
they're they're still saying we're we're your daddy. We're still the team to beat. And the, the Rangers, Rangers and Mariners play each other often. Don't yep. They, at the end of the year. Seven times, I believe, in the last ten games. So the Astros are just going to come. Mm-hmm. Walking right into possibly first place. And they're in first place right now by one game over the Seattle Mariners, who played the Reds this week. Mariners actually have lost four out of their last six. They lost two to the Mets, two to the Reds, both on the road. So they get too they get hot too early. Uh, I don't think so. I I just think it was a scheduling quirk. They had to fly from Seattle to to New York to play, and then they had to come back on the road after playing in New York and play a day game on a Monday in Cincinnati for Labor Day. Um, And they just they gave up the game on Tuesday. They had the lead six three in the eighth. Uh, The Mariners are okay. The Rangers are the team out of the three that I'm panicking the most about. If oh, I'm a, and I'm a, if I'm a fan, if I'm a Mariners fan, I'm upset that I lost four out of six to inferior teams. But I'm not panicked. I'm upset, but I'm not panicked. If I'm a Rangers fan, I'm scared that we're not making the playoffs because as of today, today would be Thursday, September the seventh. Uh, the Rangers are out of the playoffs by half a game. The T- Toronto Blue Jays have surpassed them at 77 and 63. Rex, uh, Texas Rangers are 76 and 63. So Toronto 77 and 63, Texas 76 and 63, and then Boston five games back. So why not call up Evan Carter? You're you still going to get full service time over him next year. Mm-hmm. Why not? You better. Uh, you got to do something. Right. And you, maybe it's something that just shakes the clubhouse up enough. I think oh. you've got the. One of the better managers of the three. I think that it goes Dusty. No, you know what? Bochy, Dusty, and then I'd go Scott Service. Scott Service hasn't won anything. Boch has won three. Yeah. And Dusty's only won the one. He's been there multiple times, but he's only won the one. And then Scott Service, even Mariners fans kind of would say they don't like Scott Service. And then there's Phil Nevin, who is the Angels manager. And the Angels continuously look like a dumpster fire. Oh, man, they've messed up. They just got swept by Oakland. By Oakland. Three-game sweep by Oakland. By Oakland. Oh. And. Embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Shohei's hurt again. Shohei's uh, got an oblique. A, a new injury. Even. Yeah, not an oblique. It's not the, the elbow thing. He hurt himself in batting practice, I think, the other day. Oh. So, he's shut, hurt. Shut him down. I would. Well, but then again, I mean, he probably wants to play. They guarantee probably want him to play because they want to get as much money as they can because he's done. Oh, if he just if he's if he's, he's not say back. he's out for the season, ten percent of ticket sales will go down. Not if not more. And also, there's a good chance he, he wouldn't play in an Angels uniform again. Oh, I think it's a fact. Right. So they're probably just hoping let's get him to the end of the year. But from what I saw is that he's planning on hitting all year, no matter what, whether he has surgery or not next year. So. He's going to hit all year next year? Yeah, plans to hit in 24 regardless of potential procedure. Now, you look at what Bryce Harper just did. Bryce Harper did it after the World Series. In November. It was it was like the week of Thanksgiving. And he came back in mid-May. May. Mm-hmm. And there was a definite power drought from mm-hmm. Harper that maybe he could have waited a little bit and But Trevor's it. story had his in March, didn't he? And he just came back? He just came back in maybe early August. Yeah, so March, early August. That's five months. So if Shohei does it at the end of the season in October, he should be back by the end of March. He should be back for for opening day. Opening day, if not the second or third week, I would assume. Which, if anything, let him rest a few more weeks to get that full strength. Right. Because 
Well, we say that about Bryce Harper, but Bryce Harper also is Mr. August. Right. The dude career, in, in his career past, all of his career, mm-hmm. is Mr. August. His average is always up. His slugging's always up. It's like it's like the post-trade deadline motivates him to, to keep pushing for that playoff spot. Um, but the, the Angels, they came out we're going to trade we're going to trade Shohei everyone give us your best offers they could have had the Kings ransom they could probably could have had Jason Dominguez mm-hmm. from the Yankees the Yankees and he's been on a tear since he came I out. was just about to look up Jason Dominguez he's got he's three done. home runs three mm-hmm. that's that's what the, the Angels next year could have had an outfield of Mike Trout Mickey Moniak and J, Jason Dominguez mm-hmm. and their first baseman Nate, Nate, Nolan uh, Schumel they're that they're this year's draft pick, the Angels. Oh yeah, yes. who they just called up. He's been doing actually fantastic. They just called up Kyron Paris from Drum Double A. Today they've called up another player to make his MLB de- de- debut, Davis Daniel. That name sounds familiar. Uh, seventh round pick back in 2019. Okay. Um, he's been injured for most of the time. So going back to Dominguez, three home runs. He's seven for twenty-one. So he's batting three thirty-three. He's got an OPS of one point one four three. Obviously, it's only been what six games, five games here. Uh, but he's got seventeen total bases, three bombs, a one double, and three singles. He's got five driven in, three strikeouts. He has not walked yet. So it's three thirty-three, three three thirty-three, three thirty-three, eight ten. But uh, yeah, that could be a guy that you had on your team. You could have got a King's Ransom. You didn't have to give away two players that were in your top five at the time when you traded them to the White Sox for Giolito. You wouldn't have made that buy. You wouldn't have bought C.J. Crone. You wouldn't have bought Randall Grichick. Now, it's easy for us to say you should have traded them. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. They were six games above five hundred at the deadline. They had looked better. They had played better. Um, and the Cubs lineup just came out. So that's, <laughs> uh, I just got the buzz as well. Uh, but no Candelario, no Candelario, no Candelario. I'm sorry. Oh, Canario. Canario. Yeah. Canario is not going to be sorry. starting and we'll get to the Cubs here in a second. Sorry. Uh, that's good. But yeah, uh, if, when the thing you pushed the hardest about the angels were at six back. They were six games above 500, and I think they were like five or six back. Right. So they were right there on the brinks of competing. The Mariners were the same, and now look at them. They were they were just in first place. And the Mariners didn't even really buy. So I don't blame the Angels for not selling Otani. I don't blame them, but I think they should have looked at their future more than singling on Otani. They, that's what they did. They did. They looked at, this is all we've got. We want to make the most money. I don't think they want. They necessarily said we've got to win the World Series. It was we've got to make the milk Otani for everything that he can make us in sales. So at the end of July, so starting August first, which was the trade deadline day, LA was fifty six and fifty one, and Seattle was fifty five and fifty one. <laughs> so LA had a half game lead over Seattle. They were only four and a half games back in the division. And when it comes to the wild card, it looks like they would have been behind Toronto uh, as well as oh, Toronto, behind Detroit. Yeah, behind Toronto as well as Houston. So they were closer to Houston. No, they were closer to Toronto, but they were only three games back of Toronto for the final wild card on the day of the. If you were a Cubs fan 
and the Cubs didn't buy and they sold three games back of the wild card with two months to go, you would be upset. So that's where I'm. It's hindsight's always twenty twenty, but what you look at now is you're like, you made the wrong moves, guys. Right. You uh, you had a fifty fifty shot and you lost. So the Angels, honestly, if I'm looking at it right now, potentially the worst team in that division after next year. Oh, because Oakland is... Oakland's got talent. It's not like they're derived of talent. They've just sold the talent that they got. They continuously bring guys up. They've had people who... And sell them. But maybe right. now they're done doing that. I, I don't know. That owner's trash. Um, <laughs> and I think he just sent out... I don't know if they're going to be playing in the Oakland Coliseum next year. Because I think the lease is up after this year. And they may be playing in somebody else. But the vote, I believe, is like the first week of October... But they already sent out season ticket holder that you need to get in, I think, like two or three days before. And I saw a tweet from the Oakland 68. So go check those guys out on Twitter. They're pretty good follow. Um, huge Oakland A's fan base. Uh, but, yeah, they're trying to get them to sell the team. They've got a billboard outside of the stadium that says sell in all yellow and green. And, uh, man, the Angels... They are a dumpster fire. I think they're a worse dumpster fire right now than Oakland because by this point, Oakland's played better baseball in the last couple of weeks. The Angels, that clubhouse just has to be terrible. I mean, well, Oakland's playing all year, been playing trash all year. Yeah. But that's expected. So now that they're winning, it's kind of like the Cubs' second half last yeah. year where the Cubs were out of it, but they were kind of figuring out what they have for yeah. next year. And that's what Oakland's doing where the Angels are selling off everything. So not even other, selling it, just see ya. So here's another question: Is Anthony Rendon the biggest douchebag in the league? <laughs> I mean, when you saw he signed with the Angels, big contract, huge contract. Everybody kind of knew hey, he's injury prone a little bit. Is this the Pujols contract? Yes, right? and but Pujols was a good guy at least. Yes, Rendon. Rendon has, I think, just had it. I think he's had it up to here. He's done. I and mean, you see, he was the guy that grabbed the guy with the jersey in, too. I think that was in Oakland, wasn't it? Earlier uh, this year. I don't know where it was. But uh, it was early, early in the year. Early in the year, like in April. And he's, <laughs> you want to fight, mother? I remember Shohei Otani making fun of him in the yeah. dugout. You see Shohei mimicking, like this is what Rendon. <laughs> and now the other day, if you guys haven't seen it. Someone asked him about his injury, I believe, or how the progress was going, and he said, "No habla inglés today, so I'm not talking today." Yeah, it was just a total douchebag move, and honestly, I'm glad he's not on my team. I'm glad that my team didn't play pay for him, and I'm sorry for Angels fans who have to suffer through him stealing money from you guys because for years now since he signed what's, that was 2019 right was the year they won the world series the nationals so he signed after that season so this is his fourth full year with the nationals i believe or fourth season was she supposed to be with the nationals because remember the night that in 2019 yeah so he was on that nats team in 2019 they won the world series and i think he was a free agent afterwards and then moved to la after that so uh four years with la and what has he yep. provided them what he has played in less than 200 games Yeah, in four years. Well, that's another thing I saw, that Justin Verlander in two seasons with Detroit, I think in 13 and 14, pitched more games than Tyre Glasnow has pitched in his entire eight-year career. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Glasnow has so much talent. Just, it's, it's so in his name. He's made of ice. Yep, made of glass. <laughs> made of glass. Uh, so that is the Angels, uh, that debacle. So that's mostly the AL, uh, the American Central is basically the Twins now. 
Uh, I think yes. they've got a six-game lead uh, as I pull up the standings here on my phone in just a second. Even though the Guardians claimed uh, who they claimed. G- Giolito, Lopez, and Matt Moore. Um, but yeah, the the Twins seventy seven and uh, seventy three and sixty seven, and then the Guardians are six games back at sixty seven and seventy three. That's going to take a massive comeback. The Twins have a plus sixty nine run differential in that division. The only one that division is trash outside of Minnesota. Um, yes, and then the All AL East has been Minnesota finally stepped it up. Yeah, and then the AL East, of course. Baltimore um, continues to lead that division. Uh, Tampa's three and a half back um, at 85 and 55. uh, Baltimore's 88 and 51. That's going to be one of those two is going to win the division, most likely Baltimore. Uh, But either way, there's two teams from that division going in, most likely three at this point. Because at this point, the way Texas is trending, you got to keep them out of the playoffs. And that's hard to believe because. They were the best team in baseball through the first 50 games, weren't they? 32 and 18. Mm -hmm. Um, Franchise history. But now you look at the NL. The NL wildcard, it was crazy. So Sunday, when we went to record our top 10 power rankings, brought to you by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company, there was a four-way tie for the final spot. Right now it's not as close, but it's still neck and neck. Uh, The Phillies... Five games up on the final wild card spot. The Cubs two or three and a half games up. So Philly seventy seven and sixty two. Cubs seventy six and sixty four. And then the Miami Marlins currently hold the final wild card spot at seventy two and sixty seven. But the Diamondbacks and the Reds are a half game back out of that wild card spot. And then the Giants just got swept by the Cubs. And that's the line right there, right, right. there. That's the line because uh, the Padres are next at sixty six and seventy five. Seven games back, so the line right there, the yeah. Giants. And even the Giants right now, after getting swept by the Cubs this week, they are in trouble because the Cubs have won five out of the six this year versus San Fran, so they hold hold that tiebreaker. So they're basically up an extra game on So them. they're up an extra game. But that's another thing that I want to get to about the Cubs and the Reds series here in a second is the tiebreakers are going to get a little hairy and a little squirrely because it's not like it used to be in the past. You used to play a game 163. Remember, 2019, the Cubs and the Brewers played game 163 for the division. And then the loser ended up playing in the wild card. And the Rockies and the Cubs ended up losing that. And that was just, that was 2018. That was not even 2019. They didn't make the world, uh, make the playoffs. But so back in the day, you used to have a a tiebreaker game. Now it's all tiebreakers itself. It's head to head. And if you are tied, then it goes to your record within your own division and your winning percentage so winning in the division is a lot more important and that's where things are going to get a little more hairy and a little more squirrely the cubs have seven games with the diamondbacks coming up in the next 10 days uh the reds uh are playing the cardinals but they also have to uh, they the the, the cardinals just got to spencer strider last night yeah the cardinals have won two out of three against the braves so um, there are some spoilers here, too. you got the Mets, the Yankees, the Cardinals, even the Padres could be playing spoiler here. Uh, other teams, look at the A's. The A's just swept the Angels, kind of putting the Angels out of any shot. The Angels kind of threw in their white towel with that. Uh, oh, that's before we go any further. So the Angels made all these cuts last week, right? They did all these waiver moves to try to get underneath the luxury tax. And I think they're like three hundred to $400,000 over the luxury tax still. So all of that, and they're still going to get penalized. And what's the bigger implication is 
every year you're over the luxury tax, that penalty increases. Increases, yep. So it's like 20% tax the first year. I think it's 30% tax the next year. And I think a loss of a draft pick or a loss of mm-hmm. um, overseas money. Uh, international international spending, pool. spending pool. Uh, and then 40% and then more. So every year it accumulates and it exponentially grows. And the more you're over... The more the penalty grows, I believe. If you're 50 million over, and that's why the Mets sold their pitchers is to get a lower tax threshold by saving the 50 million on. Because they've been over. They've been over, but by saving the 50 million on Scherzer and Verlander, they ultimately saved 100 million because they were paying 50 million in tax on the 50 million for those players. So they were basically paying 100 for the 50. So they saved that money. Um, which in the long run can help down the road because right. you're not now in... they're reset for 24. Right. They, they they've said that they've said we're we're not competing again until 25. So there, there's talk that they're going to shop Pete Alonso Pete this Alonso. winter. We can talk that as we get closer to the off season. But back to the NL wild card. I, I just wanted to throw that. So the Angels are so bad that they can't even they can't even sell right and get underneath the tax threshold. They're still screwed. So back to the NL wildcard. Uh, this is going to be more of a Cubs-centric talk because I was at the Cubs games this past weekend in Cincinnati. We're going to the Cubs games today and tomorrow. But the Cubs played this weekend versus the Reds. They won last week versus the Brewers, two out of three. They went and split with the Reds. I'm a little disappointed because they had a shot to basically They were step- winning in the ninth in every single game. They had a chance to step on the throats of the Reds and be like, you're done. And they didn't do it. Yes. Uh, Doubleheader, they won Friday's day game, then lost Friday's night game. They had one out in the ninth inning and lost. Nick Martini hit a home run to tie, and then the Reds came back and scored. And then Saturday night, Javier Assad, eight innings of shutout baseball, and then they lose it in the ninth because of Mark Leiter. They would be in first place. Over the Brewers by half a game. By half a game? Yep, by half a game. Because they're a game. game and a half back right now. They'd be 78 and 62, and the Brewers are 77 and 62. Instead, the Cubs are 76 and 64. Not only would they be in first, but here's the thing we're talking about tiebreakers. The Cubs currently 76 and 64. The Reds are 73 and 69. That's a four game spread. But theoretically, you have to look at it as a three game spread because the Reds are 7 and 6 versus the Cubs this year. So they hold the tiebreaker. So if they're tied, the Reds get the spot over the Cubs. Gross. So that's why those two games are so important and so heartbreaking because you're. it's not like you got blown out. You were in the ninth inning, in the bottom of the ninth, with the lead and a chance to win the game. You win one of the two, and you're a half game back out of first, but also the Reds are done. They're toast. Or at least you've got a better chance at the playoffs than them. You would have had a seven-game lead. A whole extra game, yep. Yeah. You would have two extra games. Four extra games. They would have. They were three games back after the series. Had they won those two, it would be seven games back of the Cubs. Wow! And so, now they're what instead half. Oh, oh no, you're, no, you're talking about the Brewers. Half. Yeah, four games. they're four games back. So they're still up by four. But again, you've got to treat it as three because a tie goes in favor to the Reds. Right. So every game the Reds are back, you just minus that by one. But the Cubs. Rolling, they have the best records in all of baseball. We're not just talking about in the NL. In all of baseball since July 18th, 33 and 14. 20 games are basically above 500. 19 games above 500. The Orioles are second at 31 and 15. 
but they're getting contributions up and down their lineup. Nick Madrigal was the hero on Sunday. You've got Seiya Suzuki finally playing the way that they paid him to play. Right. Cody Bellinger, who, if he was healthy the whole year, would be an MVP. You've got Dansby Swanson, who's playing gold glove defense. you got Nico Horner playing gold glove defense. And, 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 and excellent base running by Nico Horner. Probably one of the best base runners in the league. Getting reads on balls, hitting the yeah. gaps. Guy's underrated. Oh, and we're going to be putting out a short on that soon of the most underrated players in baseball uh, at each position. So look for that on our YouTube channel at Barrels and Barrels Pod. But what do you think of the Cubs pitching? It's what looked like when Marcus Stroman went down. It was looking like, oh, crap, he was our our guy we can lean on really yeah. hard. I don't think Justin Steele was quite having the, the second half. He was good, half. but it wasn't. It, it yeah. wasn't shut down. And Marcus Stroman really was our shutdown guy the first half. We wouldn't be where we are without Stroman's first half. Right. The second half didn't look that quite. I think he had been playing through it. He had. He, his hip injury is what he went out for for the first time. He 30 earned runs in 30 innings. But so. then poor Ben Brown. Ben Brown was the name that was talked about the most of who would be coming up. He gets, he gets injured, but then Jordan Wicks comes up and is the first Cubs pitcher since 1901 to win his first three games of his, yeah. of his major league career. So he's 3-0, but what, when I was talking at the Cubs game this past weekend, he's not just 3-0 in the bigs. He's 10-0 on the season because he was 7-0 in the minors. Oh, really? He's the kind of pitcher who he's not going to dominate, but he's going to always give your team a chance to win. Right. And that's what y'all – he's a fifth starter, right? Like he, he, I heard someone say he doesn't have the overpower – none of his stuff is overpowering. It's not plus. Right. right. But he has it where he's going to – he knows what he's capable of he, and where to deliver. He pitches. He doesn't throw. Yes. Uh, and that changeup is just disgusting. <laughs> Did you hear what they said to Kyle Hendricks? Uh, what Boog said to Kyle Hendricks last week? No. I wish you. I bet you. You wish you had a changeup like that. <laughs> yes. And he's got one of the best changeups in the game. But right now, the Cubs pitching staff, you're finally seeing the development of young pitchers. That was the knock of Theo's era, right? In 2020, I mean, he drafted Steele. He did, but that was in 2014. 2014. So it took we're nine, at nine years. years. Um, but Keegan Thompson, who was drafted by him, he's been okay, but. You're looking at Javier Assad, eight innings shutout on Saturday. Jordan Wicks, six and two thirds the other day versus the Giants, but he threw shutouts uh, in his opening game versus the Pirates. Oh no, he didn't throw a shutout. He gave up a home run on the second that's pitch it. game, but that's it. Um, fantastic. You've got. I think Ben Brown will be up with the team. I am confused on what the hell they did with Shane Green. Yeah, I think he was just a mercenary. But why did you waste that roster spot? Luke Little's up now, lefty out of the bullpen. Who? Did you see his pitch? I, I did not see him pitch, oh, but we needed sick. that it, lefty. He's that's the lefty that could change the game for the Cubs. He's going to give Mark Leiter a break. A break. Yep. Um, but Justin Steele, I think, is the Cy Young. It's the between National him, League National League Cy Young. Strider just got roughed up by the uh, Redbirds, and it's Snell, but. Look at Snell and Steele's numbers. I saw that comparison. I think I saw the same chart They're that you're thinking really of. close. It is much closer than you'd think. And Steele just... And we're not even homering this. No. Steele and Snell. Steele actually has... The, he's got a, a low... Uh, Snell has the better ERA by like .07. Right. But Steele's got 16 wins. 
17, 16 he, wins? He's at least 15. Uh, it's, he was uh, the first at 15. He's up, uh, he was tied for first at 15. So he's at 16, if not 17. I think it's 16 after yesterday. 16 and 3. Uh, he may not have the strikeouts, but he just struck out 12 the other day, I believe. Didn't he? Yes, he is career, career high 12. High. Career high. Um, so uh, I'm, and I'm not homering in this either. I think it's Justin Steele. Um, because he's been consistent all year long. I think Snell was rough for the first six weeks, and then he's been immaculate since. May 25th. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, that's going to be a fun race. I'm right. going to go steal. Just, um, that's the homer in me is I'm going to go steal if it's a coin flip. And what's hard, what's hard is last year's NL Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara, I think he's done for the year. Is he? He's at least he's on the injured list with a right forearm flexor strain. Oh, no. That sound, when you hear forearm like that on your yeah, pitching, that's usually the leading. Great. They didn't say he's done for the year. They just said he's on the IL, but that's not good for Marlins, who he was kind of tur- he was not ace, but he was still pitching worthwhile here oh, lately. Yeah. yeah, he's had more shutouts I think than anybody, or at least complete games than anybody else this year. Right. So the, the Marlins lost him and Jorge Soler on the same day. Oh, I didn't know Jorge so, hurt. Soler hurt his oblique. Oh boy, that's a tough comeback too. So they're in the final wild card spot. Right. So. And then the Diamondbacks, who are a half game back, I think those are the two teams. The Reds are right there too. So the Reds. I are, think the Giants are the Giants after the Cubs put it to them this weekend. They don't belong. So what? One thing I didn't realize about the Giants until they played the Cubs, they only have two starters. They're basically a bullpen to bull, like bullpen game. Three Logan days. Webb ago. and Alex Cobb, who almost threw a no hitter last week. But yeah. other than that, I mean, they started Walker, who was a reliever in game two, and then. Uh, I can't even remember who started game three, but he was out by the third inning. You know, they've got Manea coming out of the bullpen, and he was a starter uh, a while back. It's, they're more of a Tampa Bay Rays kind of team. So they may sneak in, but I, I don't think that they're going to make noise in the playoffs. Uh, but go back, going back to the Cubs, I was mentioning Seiya Suzuki. So David Ross, I've got a biggest hat tip for David Ross. He sat Saya for what was it, four or five games? Right. Early August, uh, kind of just reset, get your head right. Listen to these numbers since he came back. Since he returned August 11th to the regular starting lineup, 33 for 94. That's good for a 351 batting average. He's got 11 doubles, one triple, six home runs. So that's 18 extra base hits. Wow. 19 runs, 20 RBIs, and I believe that's in 21 games. So 20 we, RBIs in 21 games? Yeah. 351, 398, 681, OPS is 1079. That's the Seiya we thought we were getting out of Japan. That's the rookie of the year you thought you were going to get last year. That is the MVP potential that they talked about with his bat. His defense has not been as great. He did misplay a ball versus the Reds that I think screwed him in that Saturday game. But... He'll also send me those numbers uh, in fantasy, my buddy, uh, who who interacts on the page. Dan sat him in his fantasy playoff oh. game this week. Oh, well. Yeah, after those types of numbers. Whoopsies. Uh, <laughs> Whoopsies. But on top of all that, he's not even the MVP of this team in no. the second half. Really the MVP of the team all year. Cody Bellinger. Oh, I thought you were going to say Nick Madrigal. <laughs> <laughs> Nick yeah. Madrigal's been clutch at he's their base, He's been clutch. Uh, he's, been, he's been a really pleasant surprise. But Cody Bellinger. Here's a statistic that literally blows my mind. Second half RBIs. Of course, RBIs aren't the, the statistic that they were when we were younger. But it tells you you're driving in runs. And driving in runs wins baseball games. 57 since the start of the second half. 
It's a lot. In how many games? I can't remember. So off the top of my head. Less than that. So six and a half weeks of baseball. So six times seven. You're looking at about 45 games. Right. Maybe 50. Second place, Julio Rodriguez. 44 RBIs. So what was the first 44 and 56? 57. 57. So that's a 13 RBI difference from first to second since the second half. He's clutch. He's clutch. He hits lefties better than anybody. He's a lefty. He plays gold glove defense. If he was healthy for the whole season, he'd be right up there in that top five with Olsen, with Mookie, with Acuna, and with Freddie for the MVP. And I think he's going to get down the ballot MVP votes. But, yeah, so we talked a lot about the Cubs. Let's talk about the wild card prediction, at least the NL wild card prediction. I think the Phillies are in. The Cubs, I think, are in. 92 slash Brewers. Cubs slash Brewers. Whoever wins the NL Central, the second team is going to finish in the playoffs. Now, it could be that the Cubs and, Brew- and Brewers both will make the playoffs because of the reasons that they play each other so much. It could be. They, one team could big boy them and push the other out. Yeah, they play each other the final series of the year. That's it. And then the week before, too. They do? Mm-hmm. I thought, oh. I, they really? played twice, I'm pretty sure. I thought the Cubs played the... They only play them one more time. Because I think they are You're correct. correct. Yeah, they play the final weekend of the year. They play the Braves. The Cubs play the Braves and then the Brewers to end the season. But I think they play the Diamondbacks, the Pirates, and the Rockies, the Rockies twice. twice. Yep. So there's, what, 20 games left? 22 games left? Uh, yeah, 22 games left for the Cubs. I'm going Phillies, Cubs, and I'm going to say the Diamondbacks. As wild cards? You As think the, the wild right? The Cubs don't win the division? Well, as it currently stands, as it currently stands, if I had to guess, of the teams in the wild card contention right now, we're going to say Braves or Cubs. One of those two teams is going to win the division. The other one wins the wild card. I think the Brewers have an easier schedule overall. They play New York Yankees this weekend, then Miami, then Washington, then St. Louis, Miami again, then St. Louis again, and finish with the Cubs. St. Louis, you know what? That's a tougher schedule than it seems. The Yankees are playing much better as of late. They swept the Astros, and the Astros just swept Texas. And then the Mar- they got to play the Marlins seven times, right? Yes. And the Marlins are playing good baseball. They've won six in a row. St. Louis is playing better baseball. They just took two out of three versus the Braves. So, and then who do they play in the final? Washington. Uh, Washington. Washington is, is next week. Okay, so the Brewers, Cubs... I think the Cubs actually, and I'm not trying to be a homer here, just the way the, the Cubs have this this mantra about them that no matter what the score of the game is, they can come back, they can win. They look like the type of, like the Braves this past year against the Giants. Yeah. You're going to score six on us? We don't care. Yeah, we're going to come back, and we're going to beat you anyways. Mm, yeah, they were down to Giants on Tuesday, 6-3, to 3-0, three, three to nothing, came back and won 11-8. I think the Cubs, I think the Cubs take the division. The Brewers still get in as in the second wild card. They won't pass the Phillies. Uh, what's the Phillies schedule look like? The Phillies have one of the toughest schedules remaining. Uh, Atlanta, they play, St. Louis, Atlanta, New York, New York, Pittsburgh, and they play Miami this weekend. The huge series this weekend in Miami, uh, or at home versus Miami, and then they play Miami later on. I would say that the second place team in the NL Central is going to be the best wild card spot. Yeah. I think whoever it is, it's the Brewers or the Cubs, they're going to have the number one wild card spot. Phillies finish in second. And I'm going to go Diamondbacks for third. I think that overall they've got the best lineup out of any of the remaining teams. The, the, the Giants are okay, but 
That it's, Mets had that shutdown starter in Zach Allen. That the mm-hmm. Reds and Merrill Kelly's pitched fantastic this year. Yes, um, Tommy Henry's not who's pitching for, against us today. Uh, it, is it Henry or did I just see that it's Ryan Nelson? I'm sorry, it's Nelson. You're right. I'm mixing up the two guys. Neither one of them scare me. Yeah, so it's only Zach Allen, seven, a fourteen and seven with three forty eight ERA, and then Merrill Kelly, who's eleven and six, three twenty two, and then Brandon Fott, but he's one and eight, and he's got like a Brandon six Fott, ERA. Biggest disappointment for the Diamondbacks this year. Biggest disappointment. But their lineup, I, I think that they're the scariest lineup. One to th- nine, the Reds have some holes and some injuries. Hey, the Cubs are now over one hundred in the differential. Yeah, one on one. They're they're one of the best teams regarding Milwaukee's all that. only twenty four. Philadelphia's only sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So I'm going Cubs, Phillies, and Diamondbacks. You're going Brewers, Phillies. Yes, but I'm going NL Central runner up, Phillies, and then Diamondbacks. Who is your wild card? I want to say Diamondbacks for their offense, but thinking if. I was thinking Jesus Lazardo, Brandon Garrett, Braxton Garrett. I mean, um, I think I still don't. They lose Jorge Soler and Alcantara, Alcantara. I'm gonna say Diamondbacks as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Brewers. I'm confident in it. Brewers, Phillies. Okay. Diamondbacks. And I think that the Diamondbacks have the best manager of the four teams Lovello. remaining. Yeah, Tori. Mm-hmm. He's one manager of the year. David Bell. He's a decent manager, but seeing him in person, I, I think I question some of his decisions. Skip Schumacher's in his first year, and then K- Gabe Kapler, he's a joke. <laughs> um, he came for the Phillies, didn't he? He came for the Phillies. He got fired from the Phillies before Joe Girardi, and Joe Girardi's been fired since him. So that is our predictions for the wild card. Real quick, New York teams, the Yankees and the Mets, they're going to be spoilers. I already mentioned that a little bit earlier. John Carlos Stanton hit four hundred his 400th home run. What was that face for? That's that what was Derek Lee. It was Derek Lee. Yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday, D. Lee, number 25. And then the Martian, who is uh, Jason Dominguez, Jason. There's two S's there's in there. There's two S's in there. Uh, but he's, we already talked about him. But the Mets playing spoiler, the Yankees playing spoiler. And then two things that we've got to talk about real quick. Um Oh, what was that for? Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> oh. <laughs> so for those of you who weren't just watching on YouTube, Michael just punched me because we're actually in person. But <laughs> I, I kind of want to say too soon. <laughs> but Julio Urias and Wander Franco, um, of course. Wander Franco. Oh, I only punched him. That's all I did. Don't talk about, <laughs> you're just supposed to talk about Julio Urias there, not Wander Franco. So Julio Urias, uh, Dodgers starting pitcher, he hasn't been as good this year. I think he was like third overall last year in the Cy Young. But um, he has been put on the reserve list, I believe. Restricted, restricted list for domestic abuse, or domestic <laughs> violence um, versus his wife. Uh, He's now Julio Urias from the Dodgers. From the Dodgers. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, so that's – I was going to say a black eye on the organization, but that's not probably the best choice of words. Right. Um, so that c- could impact the depth there, but Walker Buehler's coming up. I was going to say, that the timing of that, though, Walker Buehler's going to step right into his shoes. But the Dodgers are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've lost two in a row to the Mar- Marlins. They've lost three out of – four to the um, Braves. the Braves. 
I, I don't think the Dodgers are as scary. And you talked about that earlier in the year. They did have that long stretch where they were good. And I still would be scared to face them in a seven-game series just because of the depth in that team. But still, that's a lack of depth now because you were anticipating Beeler's coming back and you would have Urias. Right now you don't have him. And there's a good chance he doesn't pitch again. Right. He's a free agent at the end of the year. That's going to hurt his free agency. Um, and I don't want to get too much into this, but it hurts. It's going to hurt the Diamond, uh, the Dodgers. Excuse me. I keep on saying the Diamondbacks. Uh, it's going to hurt the Dodgers in the long run. He'll be gone after this year. It's really going to hurt his free agency. And then Wander Franco. We haven't talked about it much. I don't really want to talk about it too much. But now a third um, allegation of uh, would it be sleeping with a minor, having a relationship with a minor, um, sexual relations, sexual relations with a minor, uh, icky stuff there. Um, but he's probably never going to play baseball again. No, he's, his career's over. His career's done. And that hurts. the. the he was the best shortstop th- so far this year when he left. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to see a talent go like that. But just be smart. For those of you listening, just be smart. Not that we're going to have any impact. Stop breaking the <laughs> law, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so that takes us into our top ten power rankings, which is brought to you by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. You can find our power rankings every week right on our YouTube channel at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Exclusive there. Again, brought to you by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. Use promo code BNB for 10% off your order. That will get you 10% off anything on their website. So jumping into our top ten power rankings, Michael Burns. Should we go one? Th- we'll give him one through five, and they got to hear the six through ten this time. Sure, we can do whatever you want. <laughs> sure, buddy. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. You dictate it. So I think the I think the the first half we really didn't have many changes. No, in, not in much. One I'm... through four, and then six through ten is where we had our changes, and so you have to go to YouTube to hear why and who those are for six through ten. But number one, of course, is the Braves. Yep. Uh, number two, Baltimore Orioles. And I'll let you finish three and four and five because they're the exact same as yours. Uh, Dodgers, Tampa Bay, and then the Seattle Mariners. Then I'm going to throw this out there. My ninth team is the Chicago Cubs. And in that top ten, I give my one through 30, and you find that there's a new team at the bottom. Is it the Angels? Is it the Rockies? should be the Angels. Is it the Royals? Whoever it is, go check that out. That is on our YouTube page at Barrels N, the letter N, Barrels Pod on YouTube. You can find us there on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Barrels N Barrels Pod. Also, don't forget to check out our other YouTube page. That is Bourbon Strict. That is at BNB Burns. I said it again. I'm so used to saying BNB underscore Burns. So that is at BNB Bourbon. Uh, Twitter is at Barrels and Barrels. And then email us, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. Look out for more whiskey reviews. I've got an interview that I still have to edit with 10th Mountain Whiskey. But we've got more bourbon and whiskey reviews coming down the pike here with uh, Still Austin. We've got Steph Curry's new bourbon that we just Steph tried. Steph Curry's new stuff. Um, so check that out. Go ahead. I, what was his first name, actually? Oh, uh, I don't know. Grab the bottle. It's right there. Um, but go check that out. Go follow us on Spotify. Wardell. Wardell, that's what it was. Um, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're at. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We're going to the Cubs game. Look out for some more exclusive content. I probably just blew up the speaker by getting so excited in the mic. I, but how could you not be excited about going to the Cubs game? We're going to Wrigley Field together here, buddy. 
should be a great time. So an old style in that Cubs plastic cup. Mm-hmm. Damn straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they serve old style in the bleachers. We got to go somewhere on the concourse, but we'll talk <sighs> about that later. Okay. So that has been episode forty-one of Barrels and Barrels, the Bourbon and Baseball podcast, the Tom Saver episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about him. <laughs> kind of forgot about it. Uh, and again, thank you to 13th yes. Colony Cheers. Distilling Company. Cheers. I finished mine. Michael didn't. Um, just putting that out there. So, for Michael Burns, I am Brandon Spinner. We talk high proof, high heat. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Michael Burns. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>